It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. It's our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger football with head coach Wes Beesler. Tiger Talk is brought to you by 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Berry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMo.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Fearless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Let's now join the voice of the Nevada Tigers, Mike Harbett, for Tiger Talk. And a very pleasant good everybody. Welcome to Tiger Talk tonight on this Wednesday night here on Double K Country. I am the voice of the Tigers, Mike Harbett. Thanks for joining us tonight as it's time once again to talk about Nevada High School Athletics. And as always, we'll do that with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beesler comes in for his weekly conversation. Nevada picking up win number five on the season, certainly in dramatic fashion a week ago as they went down to McDonald County and pick up a 14 to 13 win and another good challenge on the agenda this Friday night as they'll play a big eight crossover game to wrap up their regular season when they'll head to Aurora to take on the Hound Dogs who will sit at six and two on the year. It's the final week to get those points for a district seating. And of course, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in the program as well as uh, for Nevada class four district six action begins next week and we'll touch on that in the later part of the program also joining me tonight will be nevada lady tiger volleyball coach Corey donson they were wrapped up their home schedule last night where they win against cassville they'll be playing tomorrow night you won't hear about it on the interview because at the time we did her interview this morning we didn't know who the opponent would be they got that all settled around midday today but nevada will play in the big eight showdown tomorrow night a crossover game against the lady wildcats of logan rogersville that will be at logan rogersville tomorrow night with C, JV, and Varsity actually beginning at 5. So remember, when you hear the interview, that interview was done prior to that knowledge, so we won't be talking about that, but we will start, certainly talk about the regular season. That will wrap up tomorrow and district play, which begins for them on Monday in uh, Class 4, uh, their Class 4 District 11, which will be played at Webb City High School, and open up that uh, action on Monday. So we'll touch on that as well. We'll come back, get things started with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beachler after this timeout on Tiger Talk. Peerless, unequaled, unrivaled, American-made. No matter how far our reach is, our community matters. Peerless takes pride in helping the community they work and live in. Helping the community means helping their employees and their families. Do you want to work for a company that will help when the community needs it? Would you be interested in working hard and moving up in your career? Peerless offers competitive pay and many benefits. Come apply in person at the Fort Scott location or online at peerlessproducts.com. Peerless, unequaled, unrivaled, American-made. At Nevada Auto Mall, we've got some great treats to make your Halloween a whole lot more fun this year. Come check out this 2014 Jeep Compass Sport that's 10868 or 169 a month. Or how about a one-owner 2016 Toyota Highlander Limited that's leather and loaded, now 27998 So come pick out your treat at Nevada Auto Mall, the place where you get your deal. 4.9% 75 months worth of proof credit. Kyla, know what I love most about our community? What, Sabrina? Our schools? Well, yes, we have great schools. And our beautiful parks. I do love those, too. Historic buildings? Those, too. You know, there are a lot of things that make this community great, but most of all, it's the people. Of course. And what I love most is getting to help them every day. Yep, that's pretty great. Great Southern Bank, proud to be part of our great community. Member FDIC. 
Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. They are open for an incredible dining experience and will do curbside orders as well. All servers are wearing masks and all employees are going the extra mile so you and your family can have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse wishes the Nevada Tigers good luck in tonight's game. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667 Welcome back on Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country. Again, Mike Hartman back with you on this uh, Wednesday evening. Appreciate you joining us. As uh, Joining us, of course, is, as always, is Nevada Tiger uh, football coach Wes Beachler. I can always tell when uh, the sun's going down a little bit earlier because uh, Coach Beachler shows up a little bit earlier for Tiger Talk. That was a year on time. A little bit, <laughs> little bit earlier. Yeah, the sun's going down a little bit earlier, getting dark earlier, and... Uh, uh, well, daylight savings time doesn't end until next week, so you got another week to enjoy the sun for a little while. So, but, uh, it is getting that time of year where, uh, you know, in all seriousness, you, you do, if, if I remember right, you get this time of year, you got a lot of guys, you know, you know, you're nursing some bruises and some aches and pains, and, uh, you do tend to cut back on things a little bit this time of the year. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Um, we do, we cut back on about one period on both sides of the ball, which is about five minutes, and then we also, um, spend a little more time with the JV, just going through stuff for their games on Monday night. And it gives, it gives the guys, like you said, the older guys are a little bit nicked up. It gives them a chance to be, to, to rest a little bit. And a lot of them enjoy helping. I know Jace Lee does. He enjoys watching the little, the younger guys mm-hmm. practice and, and give them some pointers here and there. But yeah, it's just, I've done it since I've been a head coach going clear back into the nineties, which is, Date me a little bit, a- yeah. <laughs> but to just just back and just tapering things back a little bit as you get closer, because the kids should know what's going on. You're making some adjustments, mm-hmm. you know, for every opponent, obviously. But uh, the system's pretty much in. You can get away with doing a little bit less in practice um, because they they kind of know the drill and the routine and, and what their jobs are, and uh, just cut back a little bit and try to keep them a little mm-hmm. bit healthier. Well, in this opening segment, we first uh, certainly going to talk about last Friday night's ball game at McDonald County against the Mustangs, 14-13, the final score. Nevada gets the victory, uh, getting all their scoring in the second half of play. And we knew last week uh, going in that it was going to be a heck of a ball game. It turned out to be that way, incredibly entertaining ball game. Thought it would be a little more high scoring than what it turned out to be. But uh, certainly uh, for those of us uh, sitting in our press box or the bleachers and maybe on the sidelines as well, fantastic ball game to be a part of. Yeah, it was definitely an entertaining ball game. You know, I just really feel like Mike when we we had uh, the opening kickoff and we drove down to the one and had the turnover on the goal line down there. That if we would have punched that in, then I, I think that might have changed the whole game a little bit. But I mean, credit to them. But I thought their defense played really well. Um, showed us some looks that we hadn't seen, and uh, you know that's that's what's a little bit tricky. Um, and, and our offensive line's done a great job and, you know, any adjustments we make at halftime, they do a really good job. But when you coach in high school, sometimes, you know, you, these teams that you play before, if you've had success against them in the past, then, then they'll give you a whole different look than what you've seen against anybody else this year or against what you saw against them last year. And there were some changes there, but I thought our offensive line did a great job in the second half. And as always, we, we have some backs that are capable of breaking long runs at any time, and that happened. But really feel like if we would have scored on that first drive, it would have been different. And then hats off to our defense because very explosive offense. I was, uh, I don't, last week I think I said on the show that they average around 30 points or something like that it's, a game. Yeah, it's 29 points it's, a game. It's yeah. 29. <laughs> um, but 
to hold them to 13 and, and to do it the way we did it. You know, they, they had a short field once, so our defense played really well, and our defensive staff did a really good job of preparing our kids for that game because they, when you average 29 points a game in the Big 8, and then, you know, they put up 42 or something like that on Lamar early, um, we were expecting a higher scoring game, but our defense played really well, and their defense played well too. Well, let's talk about some of the highlights of the ball game before we start breaking it down a little bit more in depth. And, of course, Nevada, as we mentioned, getting the 14-13 win. Uh, Nevada, uh, we're going to start with four minutes to go in the first half of play. None of the scoring occurred, actually, until the second quarter of play. McDonald County did score with 6.27 to go in the uh, second quarter. Seven-yard touchdown pass from Cole, uh, from Cole Martin to Trent Aleck. They get the extra point. That made it 7 nothing. Howard Nevada, four minutes to go in the first half of play with Nevada trailing 7 and nothing. McDonald County had a first and goal, which uh, certainly could have caused also uh, things to do a little bit more in disarray for Nevada. But fortunately for Nevada, the Mustangs get in a sportsmanlike conduct penalty. That moves them back to the 16-yard line. On second and 10, Noah Bishore comes up with a big defensive play that stops the drive. Get out in 10 at the 15-yard line here for McDonald County. They'll put three receivers over to the right side of the field. Lewis back in the tailback position if he sat out for one play. Martin rolling to his right, being chased, and caught from behind. Ball is fumbled and recovered by Skyler Meshack. Nevada football. What a play by Noah Bishore. He strips the ball away from Martin, who didn't know he was coming, and Meshack able to pounce on it. First and ten for Nevada. Noah Bishore coming from behind to get that second. First, I had a mic on that uh, shouldn't have been on, and uh, Coach didn't hear much of that replay. But uh, anyway, I think you're well familiar with it. <laughs> Noah Bishore uh, using his speed uh, from behind to catch the quarterback. Big strip sack, and then Meshack recovers the fumble. That was a big, big play in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- we have certain kids that don't know what throttle down means even in practice. <laughs> you know, um, Noah and Riley Trotter and, and Trey Moore and a few others, they just have a hard time scaling back at any time. And because Noah plays hard all the time and he practices hard all the time, he, he makes plays like that on Friday nights for us. You know, he made some, him and Trotter made some big plays. Um, sorry about the grammar there, but, um, <laughs> they made some big plays against Rogersville and he, he's going to continue to do that for us just because his motor's always going. He is all out every time the ball snaps and the whistle blows. And that's one thing, you know, so, sometimes he makes, tactical errors and sometimes he fundamental errors but when your kid plays as hard as he does all the time you can live with a few of those well big big play you, you, you know you mentioned uh giving up the fumble on the one yard line on your opening drive mcdonald county they don't get that sportsman like uh, sports like conduct penalty and then the strip sack for the fumble they punch it in that could have made a different ball game as well that would have made a different you know it's 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 the way their defense was playing um that that could have made a big difference in that ball game so yeah it was a huge play by b shore and then the thing that that probably goes uh, unobserved at times is we got the recovery because we had a lot of white jerseys mm-hmm. flying to the football as well. And those are things we haven't always done the last two years, Mike. We, we got a bunch of kids that fly the ball. When you fly the ball, good things happen. You make your own breaks. Hustle, you can make your own breaks sometimes. Better getting that turnover makes it uh... – Helps the fact that it goes 7 nothing into the locker room at halftime. McDonald County did have the touchdown lead. They made a shutout in the first half of play. I think it's the first time all season you were shut out in the first yeah, half. Yeah, we score on the script every game so yeah, far. So yeah, exactly. So, yeah, first time all season the beta has been shut out in the first half of play, 7 nothing. McDonald County comes out and increases that lead to 13 to nothing. 7.48 to go into third quarter on a six-yard run by Bailey Lewis. Extra point was missed. Little did we know at the time how pivotal that was going to prove later in the ball game. But Nevada, on their, after the ensuing kickoff, as they've done from time to time this season, they get a big play to light a fire, and this time it comes from Case Anderson. First and ten for the Tigers of their own 25. 
Halo King Sanderson got running room. He's at the 34 sideline, and the race is on. He's at the 50. He's at the 40, the 30, the 25, 20. He's getting to the end zone. Touchdown, Nevada. The Tigers on the board. A 75-yard run by Case Sanderson. There's that big play we've been waiting on. And that's a play that we've seen from time to time off right tackle, but this time not a hand got on him. A great job by the offensive line, and, of course, uh, Case to find the open space, and nobody got a hand on him. Yeah, and it, it was a good job by the offensive line. And he, and he just sees the field so well from the running back position, you know, and, uh, I just, I don't know very many kids have that kind of vision. He reminds me of a Braxton Shadden with a little more speed. You know, Braxton could always see where the alley was going to be and he'd hit it hard. And Kobe O'Connell got pretty good at that last year as well. But Case is just a young man that sees where the alley is going to be. On that particular play, there should, there should have been a kick out of the corner and then we're going to run up inside the corner. But this time we came out to kick the corner. He took an inside step, and our fullback pinned him inside, so it ended up being a sideline play. And Case saw that and hit the edge, and very impressive run. And still, he is deceptively fast. You know, he mm-hmm. just he's just one of those guys that if you time him in the 40, you may think, well, he's got a little speed, but they'll catch him. And he, on the football field, he just has another gear. So it was a good spark for us. And the extra point got evaded back within six. Omar Vargas with the PAT. That made it 13 to seven with 729 to go in the third quarter. While we're talking about Case, we might as well mention, of course, it was not long after that, that uh, he went down with, uh, with the injury. And, uh, looks like, uh, uh, you may have to go a little while in the playoffs for him to get back into action. Yeah, we'll just have to, you know, wait and see on that. But, yeah, we we'll, won't be around for a couple of weeks anyway, so we'll be missed, definitely. Well, we'll have to see what happens and see if Nevada can make a run and get him back, get that sophomore back in the lineup down the road, but uh, definitely not in action this Friday night for Nevada. Well, Nevada trailed by six at that point, and Nevada had a little bit of trouble in their end of the field a little bit later on. On their next possession, as a matter of fact, Nevada faced a fourth and five from midfield, and they went back to punt the football. And what happens next sets the stage for Nevada's next score to help that come from behind victory. Really pursue fast. It can really, uh-oh. Now the ball snapped over the head of Cheney. He's going to run for his life over to the left side. That's the running room. He's at the 35-yard line trying to get the first down. He's at the 40-45. First down, Nevada. First down, Nevada snap that got past Eli Cheney. He picks it up at the 20-yard line and finds running room on the left side and runs for a first down at the Nevada 49-yard line. I did that on purpose. Two uh-ohs from Bill Foster, my killer commentator. The first one was not a good uh-oh. The second one was a good uh-oh because we all saw the running room that uh, that Eli had on that left sideline. He did have to break a tackle along the way, but uh, that may be the play of the year right there. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a huge play. And, you know, to look at it from Matt County's perspective, you go over that all the time, that when you're when you're rushing the punter, you've got to make sure you don't give up the edge. And they, they came in at a poor angle. And, you know, I, they probably should have been told that our punter is also a tailback that's had about four or five seventy plus yard runs. So, yeah, I remember uh, it was either you or, or another media outlet asked me what I was thinking when the ball went over his head, and I said the first thought I was thinking is just get it out from inside the twenty. You know, let's let's not give him a, you know a twelve yard field or something. And then when he turned the corner. I looked down the field and I saw Noah B. Shore and somebody else turning the blockers for him because they saw what was happening and. So then, then it was just crossing your fingers that he got there. So yeah, it was a big play, uh, by Cheney, um, to, to get the first down. And we were just hoping, like I said, he's going to get out of the hole initially, but then when he got the edge and got around the, the guy was, 
rushing him a little bit, we knew that some something good could happen for yep. sure. It was officially fourth and five, but he ran about 35 yards to get that first down. Yeah, <laughs> it, by the time he scooped it up and started <laughs> running, it was, he was back there a ways. Well, that set up Nevada's a uh, couple of plays later, set Nevada up. It kept that drive alive again at midfield, and a couple of plays later, it was the other wing back for Nevada, this time Caden Denny, who found the end zone. I got work to do here because we're midway through the fourth quarter. Handoff, Caden Denny. He'll sweep it to the left side. Cuts off field. Gets to the 45 of the Mustangs. Breaks off a tackle. First down. Far sideline. 35 still going. He's in the 20. 15, 10 to the 5. Touchdown. Touchdown. Caden Denny. He high steps his way into the end zone. And a 49-yard touchdown run. And they made an extra point away from their first lead of the ball game. I probably should have to cut that last part off for you. <laughs> Well, he was actually already in the end zone when he did it. But at but, uh, but, uh, any rate, a little bit of flair there from Caden Denny. But what the heck? I mean, you know, it broke a tackle about 10 yards downfield and uh, down the sideline. We, I mean, again, another play that we've seen about four or five times this season. Yeah, I mean, he makes some phenomenal plays. And he, the um, I, I didn't I, – I, I tolerated well the high-stepping <laughs> after he crossed the goal line. It's sticking the ball out. That makes me a little bit nervous, Mike, because – I've actually had that happen one time, and it didn't cost us a game. We were quite a ways in front, but we had a young man not in Nevada, previous place, but he kind of got a little arrogant and stuck that ball out and dropped it. Mm-hmm. And the official weren't in a position to rule whether it was a touchdown or not, so they went and gave him the score, but it was really close to dropping it before he crossed the goal line because he just wanted to stick it out across the goal line. So. That's that's where the the scolding came from. But, yeah. um, you know, I told him I said I can I can live with the high step and yeah. with some of that stuff. He, he broke Mike. He he came off the edge, slipped the tackle. I wouldn't say he broke the first one, but a guy kind of had a bad angle and tried to grab him. And you're, and you're not going to bring him down with an arm tackle, right. especially when your head's back behind. But then he got through two guys. He lowered the shoulder pads and got through two guys. And then number four, who he had met earlier in the game, and and kind of won the the that battle. <laughs> kind of tried to sidestep and he just stiff arm and went the rest of the way. So it just, I mean, we have some backs. I, uh, was talking to another media outlet earlier today and we, the conversation came up. How many players have we had that have broke a 50 plus yard run? And we, if I remember, I was five. Mm-hmm. Both of our wing backs, uh, uh, Trey Moore, Caden Denny, and then Sanderson and Chaney have both done that. And Dylan did that against Seneca from quarterback spot. So we've had five different athletes have 50 plus yard touchdown runs. So that's pretty phenomenal. And when you got a group like that behind a pretty fundamentally sound offensive line, you have a capability to make some big plays. And a big play coming on the very next play because your uh, kicker, Omar Vargas, had to attempt the PAT to give you the lead. He converts it, 14-13, and uh, extra points were not something you were you were willing to try earlier in the year. But now it's turned into uh, your go-to, as it turns out. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little <laughs> uh, sarcastic jabs once in a while from some of the staff because I remember one time, Mike, we went for one, and we didn't get 11 guys on the field. And I said to the headset, I am never kicking another PAT this year. And but uh we've kind of got ironed out the guys are getting out there and getting set up and, and Omar's doing a nice job. And he's a he's a no kicking block guy. He likes to kick from the ground. So the turf helps a little bit. But uh yeah, he's doing a good job and you know, we were doing we we struggled week one in that department. We we came back with the swinging gate and did really well for the next two or three weeks, a lot of different plays to get in there and then we started to struggle there a little bit as teams got better at defending it, so we went back to kicking and we've done pretty well. The last couple of weeks in that department as well. Yeah, it's worked really worked really well, and uh, and Omar showed he's got a good boot. Uh, you know, and, and he looks like he's talented enough to where if you need three from about thirty yards in, you might be able to go to him as well. 
Yeah, and we work on that a little bit on Thursdays and practice kicking a little further than PAT. But, yeah, the the challenge is with a lot of young men that kick in high school is for, for whatever reason, they can – like the second PAT he made the other night would have been good from 30. There's no doubt. He drilled it. I mean, it, it had plenty of distance. But sometimes when you back them up, it gets in their head a little bit. So we try to work on that on Thursdays, and we'll do that again tomorrow. Uh, to, to back him up, put the ball about the 15, so he's kicking from about the 22, so it's like a 32-yard kick. Because I just want to know, if we do get down inside the 15, and it's a fourth and eight, and we're, you know, we're up six, and that makes it a nine-point game, is that a viable option? So, you know, if that situation comes up, I want to kind of know whether or not he's pretty confident in that kind of kick. Well, in the debate after that score, MPAT still had to defend, certainly uh, the – the field, the rest of the way, there was still eight and a half minutes left to go in the ball game. You know, debate had the 14-13 lead, feeling good at that point, but they still had to defend McDonald County going the other way. McDonald County got a drive going. They get deep into the debate end of the field, eventually face a fourth and three with under two minutes left to play in regulation at the debate 19-yard line. And the debated defense, as they did multiple times on Friday night, came up with another big play, this one courtesy of West Bulk. Fourth and three for the 19-yard line. Twin receivers lined up left and right. Martin barks out the signals. He's back to pass. He'll throw it right side. That ball is deflected. Knocked down by Nevada. West Bulk knocks it down. And the Tigers hold. They'll get the ball back. First and 10 with 135 to go in the ballgame at their own 19-yard line. I apologize for the bad audio there. We had some audio issues on uh, Friday night uh, uh, during the broadcast, plus uh, uh, broadcasting from a concrete uh, uh, room <laughs> with no fans on your side of the field it creates a little bit of an echo. So, uh, but at any rate, uh, but apologize for the audio issues on Friday, especially on that call because it was such a big play. Uh, fourth and four, fourth and three. And, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the Missouri game against LSU, uh, the week before, the week prior when LSU had the ball at the Missouri one yard line, couldn't punch it in four times out. Had a Missouri linebacker who knocked a pass down. It was actually on third down. But, uh, knocked a pass down, then a cornerback knocked the next down, uh, fourth down pass down, uh, to save the win for Mizzou. And immediately thought about that because, uh, again, you've got to be, and just take us through that, what Wes was able to see and how he got in position to make that play. Well, I think, you know, again, some, a little bit of credit goes to Noah B. Short for getting some heat on the quarterback again. He probably threw it a little bit better than he wanted, but, it, but, or a little sooner than he wanted, but, Whenever you make a play like that, and, and, and Wes will understand where I'm coming from, and he knows this too, we had pretty good coverage. Our guys recognized the play, and, and they were in where they're supposed to be. And then with the pressure, he had to kind of double clutch, and he threw it a little bit early, and, and Wes just got his hands up. And I, I remember him saying something immediately after the game about he didn't even he didn't even know he hit it, or he didn't realize he was going to be able to get to it. You know, I think uh, Coach Barnes gave him a little bit of. Ribbed him a little bit about, you know, he probably could have still maybe not slid a sheet of paper but <laughs> underneath his toes when he jumped, but, but he got, he got enough on it. And that's, that's a big play. And our, our kids just, uh, hey, when you're, when you play for each other, when you play hard for each other and you like the guys you're playing with, it, it makes it a lot more fun to make plays. You're, you're going to be bought in and you're, you're going to play hard. And our, and our, there's, there's always going to be criticism of, sports programs for eternity at all levels. But one thing that I don't think you could ever criticize our kids of is not playing hard. Our kids play hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Eli's recovering that that bad snap and running it back for a first down and Noah's effort to to get this strip there and the way our line plays and as hard as our backs run and and Wes making that play, you know, coming off the edge there and seeing the ball being thrown and getting his hands up, they just play hard. And when you play hard, good things happen. 
I'll be the first to admit, I, that flashes back to the Seneca game a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, during that drive, McDonald County was making. I don't know if you had time to even think about that at all. Probably not as they're driving down the field. But I want to approach it from the, from the angle that we talked, uh, after the Seneca game about lessons that are learned from what happened in that game against Seneca. Do you think there were lessons learned that helped you in that game last Friday against McDonald County on that last drive? Yeah, there, there was absolutely lessons learned, and you said we don't have time to think about that if we had time, <laughs> but it was brought up in the timeout in the huddle. I mean, uh, I know I mentioned it, and I know Coach Barnes told the kids, hey, listen, you know, at Seneca, you assumed, and everybody dropped back in pass coverage. He said, you can't assume. we got to make our reads. Now, that I think that might have been on the third down play when we stuffed them on the run. Mm-hmm. So, our, our kids did a really good job on the third down. I think they ran a quarterback, some kind of quarterback draw or ISO. And, um, our kids recognized run and came flying up and stuffed him for like, I think it was third and four and they, they marked it fourth and three. I didn't think he got back to the line of scrimmage, but every now and then I may not see things. I see him the way I want to see him. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the next play, I know it was uh, coach Barnes brought that up again. Look, you got to make your reads and react to what you see. And that's why. They could make the quick throw like they, and they only had to get three yards, Mike, and, and they wanted that, that obviously they wanted to be really quick to the twin receiver side. Our guys were in coverage where they're supposed to be and it couldn't be a bang, bang play. And then that Noah's heat, you know, I said it probably made him throw it sooner than he wanted when he, he wanted to throw it quick and he couldn't. And then when he wanted to throw it, Noah was in his face and so he hesitated again. And, and that's, that's going to make a, a big play possible, but it's just kids lesson learned. I'm not going to assume anything. I'm going to trust my keys and my reads and get where I'm supposed to be. So it was just, it was just a great moment for our team and, and really good moment for our defense. And it wasn't still, it still wasn't done yet. You needed to get a first down to, to give you the chance to go into victory formation. And, uh, I'm trying to, it was a Denny, I think, carrying the ball. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, it took second or third effort to, uh, to get that first down to, uh, to keep the football and not give them the chance to get it back one more time. Yeah, I think it was Denny on second down. I think it was Cheney on the third down mm-hmm. that, that got the first down, yeah, okay. if I remember right. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it, 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 and both of them ran hard and, you know, we knew what they're going to do. I mean, we, we know they're going to have four on the line. They're going to bring a couple linebackers. They're just trying to make something happen and stop us and make us punt. Um, and it was just a good job by our line, did the best they could with kind of being overwhelmed. And then our backs, again, good pad level running hard, makes things look pretty sometimes when maybe they ain't so pretty. Well, it's a, certainly a phenomenal win for Nevada on the road. And, uh, also we bring this up. You've had your, you have, you've had your issues with officiating in Anderson from time to time, but, uh, zero penalties on Friday night. And that's the second time this season your team's done that. Well, I think that, you know, um, it, it's it's been interesting down there to say the least. I mean, the last time we went down there, and, I, and I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, kind of am, I guess. But you know, Mike, you remember that two years ago down there, we had three 50 plus yard touchdown runs called back because of holding, and that's pretty tough, you know. And whether they were holding or not, you know, I didn't see holding on two of the three for sure. That the third one, there might have been a, grabbing some cloth there on the edge, but. Those things are frustrating, but you gotta learn to fight through those. And yeah, I, I would definitely say this is the least penalized team. Man, I've coached in a long time. Going, going, going back to early 2000s, I did, I can't remember a team being penalized less, but I also think there's, it seems like there's fewer penalties in general this year for whatever. I don't know if they're just letting the kids play a little more or, or what, but yeah, we, we've done a really good job of not being heavily penalized this year. And that's, that's good to see. 
Big, big win on the road, 14-13. Hands McDonald County their first conference loss of the season, uh, first division loss, I should say, as uh, they took the loss. Uh, certainly a tough one for them, but a big win for Nevada on the road against McDonald County on Friday night. And uh, those are the uh, those are the types of wins uh, when you get the win like you the way you had to get it that can really kind of uplift you to to well this week or or the following week and on down the road on down the road. Well, yeah. And we hope that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately with young people, sometimes it can go the other way too. They, they can start to think a little bit, man, we did, you know, well, we still have the two and oh start. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. yeah we? We're, you were, man, we just, we just got to go out there and things are going to go our way and things are going their way the last couple of weeks because of how hard they're playing and how focused they've been. And I, I don't know if this week of practice is as focused as the last two have been. So, um, hopefully we get locked in tomorrow and we're, it's good and clean tomorrow. We can go out and perform well on Friday night because Aurora is no joke. And, uh, we definitely got to be ready for a heck of a ball club on Friday night. I look forward to it. Let's talk about the Aurora Hound Dogs and we'll do that after this time out on Tiger Talk on Double K Country. As you drive west of Nevada, you'll find a quaint town called Deerfield. It's real easy to locate. Look for Emory's Truck Stop on the south side of the road. It's the place where all the farmers eat and have great conversation. With daily lunch specials, breakfast served all day, steak night Friday and Saturday night after 4, they have a full menu and the convenience store has all your favorite grab-and-go items. Don't forget about the 24-hour gas is available. So come out to Emory's Truck Stop in Deerfield for great food. Call for takeout at 966-7272. That's 966-7272 to Emory's Truck Stop in Deerfield. Think you can't afford life insurance? Think again. You might be surprised at how affordable it can be. 80% of Americans overestimate the cost of life insurance. Maybe it's time to swap a few small expenses for some big peace of mind. Life insurance can protect what matters most. And it's the right thing to do. Let's talk today. For details, contact your American Family Insurance agent, Jan Tate. Call 417-667-2035 or stop by 906 North Osage Boulevard in Nevada today. Ferry Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding area since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Ferry Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Ferry Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Ferry Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. Hey, this is Annie with Orbs. Did you know channel master antennas receive high definition and digital signals over the air from a span of 180 degrees and up to 80 miles of range to receive local channels? Thorps Appliances is your local authorized channel master dealer that also installs. Come check out our line of smart TVs and Roku streaming devices to enhance your viewing experience. 32 to 75 inch screens are available and are as low as $229. Call Thorps Appliances at 667-8787 to schedule a free quote today. Thorps, your home for Annie approved appliances. Hey, we're back on Tiger Talk tonight. Yeah, appreciate it. Joyous Mike Harvey with you tonight, along with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beetzler. Later in the program, we'll be visiting with Nevada Lady Tiger volleyball coach Corey Dotson as they wrapped up their home schedule last night with the win against Cassville. They'll be at Logan Rogersville tomorrow night for the Big 8 showdown. That's where they play one versus one, two versus two on down the line. Nevada finishes fourth. By the time they figured it out, again, this year, a little bit different trying to figure out conference standings as not everybody's playing all their matches uh, in some uh, in some instances. For all their football games, and uh, so uh, they had to kind of get it all sorted out. But Nevada will be the fourth position, and they'll take on Logan Rogersville tomorrow night. Actually, those two teams met last year for the Big A Conference Championship last two years, as a matter of fact. So, uh, but uh, they had a player that went to University of Florida. So, 
their program kind of went down a little bit. <laughs> that's funny how one player, it's funny how one player can do yeah, that. That's a, a good University of Florida. That's a pretty good player. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Aurora Hound Dogs, uh, coming up on Friday night. And, uh, when I look at this, I, here's Aurora sitting at six and two on the season. And I, when I got their roster earlier this week, I literally thought I only got half of it. Uh, cause there's only about 30 names on there. How in the world are they six and two with about 30 ballplayers? And, and a lot of them are freshmen. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple things, Mike. Number one, the, the kids that they put out there play hard and, and a lot of them play both ways, but you know, we got, we, we run to some of that too. We've got about, uh, I think six that on a, on a pretty consistent basis start on both sides of the ball. So the kids, they roll out there play hard. And, and I think it's a little bit safe to say the East isn't quite as good as they have been the past couple of years. You know, when we've, come across some stuff and we've seen Marshfield and Reed Spring and some of those on film and I'm like, that's not the Reed Spring team that we mm-hmm. played two years ago for sure and not the one we played last year either. Um so I think the East is a little down. I think Aurora has definitely improved. Their kids play extremely hard. The quarterback is very talented, runs the ball well. Um so they're going to make some plays and they're going to make it tough for you to make plays. And that's the key to being six and two. And, you know, they've had a lot of close games, but you know, the old adage is, you know, there's, there's a reason you win a lot of those close games and it's because of the way they play. We just talked about how our kids play hard, their kids play hard too. So it's going to be a battle of wills for sure on Friday night. Take a look at some of the numbers again. They are six and two on the year talking about Aurora. They average 25 half points a ball game, give a 21 and a half, nevaded by contrast. Yeah, it scores nearly 30 points a game and give up just over 22. There are four common opponents this year. Nevada having won all four of those games against Hollister, Logan, Rogersville, McDonald County, and Monette. Aurora, I guess that same group, went 3-1. and one. Their lone loss coming to Logan, Rogersville, losing 28-6. to six. Uh, Of course, you may remember Nevada beat Logan, Rogersville in the first week, 38-26. to 26. One thing that does stick out when you do these comparisons, which probably aren't worth the paper they're on, but uh they did score 50 points against McDonald County not that long ago. And that's the scary thing, you know. <laughs> um But, again, I, I think McDonald County played a really good game defensively against us on Friday night, and I think I still think if we if we punch it in on that first drive of the ball game, it, it might make all the difference in the world. But that's the big play potential that they have. And I have not seen, I have not watched their offense against McDonald County. That's not the offensive mm-hmm. film I've watched of them. But I would guess it's probably the quarterback getting the edge quite a bit, on, and they run outside, inside veer, outside veer, and they'll throw it a little bit. I bet they got some passes over the top, uh, and I'm willing to bet in that game that their quarterback got to run wild a little bit. So that's now you piqued my interest, Mike. That's probably what I'll do tonight is watch a little bit of their offense against Matt County, which I'm sure um, Coach Barnes, Coach Downing, Coach Sanderson, Coach Miller do a really good job of pouring over the other team's offense. And I think our plan is really sound, and we, we just got to be locked in on Friday night. And the quarterback can't be the guy that beats us. We got to make him get the ball out of his hands. And if we can do that, I think we'll be in pretty good shape. Aaron Fisher, the quarterback, is a junior, 5'11", 153 pounds. When I watched him on video, in fact, we're watching the Monet game, which was very early in the season, back on September the 4th. That's the one I could find that I could conveniently get up here on our monitor uh, while we're doing this. Uh, but he looked bigger than that to me. But, uh, but now that I actually look at it again, yeah, I'm at about 153 pounds uh, there. I was looking when I was, when I saw some other video against, uh, well, whoever they played last week, actually, he looked a little bit bigger. Maybe it's just a difference in video quality. But, uh, but anyway, as you mentioned, good runner. They run a double wing. So is this a totally run oriented offense or have you seen them have the potential to go downfield a little bit? Well, if people in the area are kind of familiar with Web City, it's, it's kind of that kind of look where they'll run the veer offense and then they'll also, they'll run a counter pass out of it and a boot pass out of it. And so, uh, I, I, that's not, 
their first option. You know, they're going to, they're going to make you tackle the dive and the quarterback's going to hopefully keep it. Uh, they don't want to pitch it a whole lot, but they will. But like I said, the quarterback wants to have the ball in his hands because I think he's their biggest weapon and, uh, talented young man. And, you know, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he's, you can tell that he's pretty strong for his size because of the way he runs. Uh, so they're, they're going to be a little bit scary and we're going to have to have a good defensive game plan and play pretty well. It looks, uh, in fact, the game we're watching is, uh, the, the, on our, again, in studio is uh, when they're playing Monette earlier in the season, Monette runs what they call a, uh, a flex bone. Uh, they look very similar. Is it, is it similar offense to, to Webs, uh, to, uh, Monette? Yeah, it's similar to Monette. And, you know, I think Monette had their struggles this year offensively. We're not going to see that on front. We're not going to see an offense that's struggling to run it. They'll, they'll be pretty crisp with it. And the thing that's always tough when you face a veer team during the season is your, your JV kids, try to run the offense well, but it's going to hit a lot faster on Friday night. So that's why people are wondering oftentimes, and it's probably benefits us too, because I think people, you know, that are facing us, their JV is trying to run our offense and it hits a lot faster in those first couple drives. I think that's why we've had some success and it's going to be the same for us. We're going to be, we, we kind of know the looks and we know what we're looking for, but it's going to hit a lot faster on Friday night. So it might, it might take a series or two for our guys to catch up to speed. And that's just pretty typical. Again, when I take a look at their roster, this looks like the one week where you're going to uh, stack up rather favorably size-wise. Well, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> um, but, you know, like we talked about at length on here, our offensive line is not int- – I mean, I, I remember Hollister and Monette jumped out at me at how much bigger they were than us, and our offensive line did a good job on both those nights. So we expect our offensive line to do well again. The thing that we're going to see that we're not used to seeing – we see a lot of big 250-plus defensive tackles. We're going to see 190, 210-type guys that shoot gaps and are quick. And so that it's a, it's a different kind of pain in the rear, but it's going to be one we haven't seen, and hopefully our line is doing a good job of, of getting off the ball and making first contact so that doesn't end up benefiting Aurora too much. Let's talk about their defense, uh, 4-3 defense. Uh, what do you see over there? A lot of guys like to fly the ball. Um, I guess you just talked think, about their tackles, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think they're uh, – I think they do have some um, some weaknesses to their defense, like like almost everybody does. Um, so we'll try to hit those areas hard. I, I think we can hit those areas. I, I think one of their weaknesses is the area that we like to hit anyway, so hopefully that's beneficial for us. But, you know, Mike, I'll never forget one time when I was at Parkview, we had we were playing Waynesville, and this is the year that they won the state championship, and they had a really good inside linebacker go out with injury, and they brought this JV kid or his backup kid in, and we were all week, we were watching film, going, man, we got to run at this dude because this dude is struggling. And that dude played unbelievable on Friday night. And so every now and then you think, man, we're going to attack this dude or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then a kid steps up and plays really well. And you're like, well, that's, that's not working out so well. But, um, I think there are some weaknesses on their defense that, uh, that, also happen to be strengths for our offense, so hopefully that that does pay off for us, and we're able to move the ball consistently. After they went two and two, they reeled off four consecutive wins, uh, pretty impressive wins actually. They beat Buffalo back in late September. At the time, Buffalo big was on, win. yeah, that was, yeah they were unbeaten on the year. At the time, Buffalo still six and two, and a uh, heck of a game, thirty six thirty five, and they got a win against Hollister, twenty two fourteen. Beat uh, went on the road, beat Marshfield, forty to thirteen, and then uh, just got by Reed Spring, twenty two to twenty. So. Uh, like everybody wants to do, they seem to be playing good football at the right time right now. Yeah, they are playing well. And, you know, that's another thing that's scary is, you know, it's, it's tough enough in the Big Eight Conference to play a game. It gets a little tougher when you have to go on the road 
and it gets a little bit tougher yet when you go on the road against a team that's playing good football. So got all three of those things stacked against us, and I'm, you know, no, I don't want to beat it up, but you know, um, Eddie Lomshek over on 100.7, he he talks about how t- he goes. He goes. I don't think people in Southeast Kansas always understand how tough Southwest Missouri football. Is. He said the Big Eight and the COC are legit, and he goes. People in Kansas always want to play these border war games and mm-hmm. go back and forth. And he said. Web City, Carthage, the Big Eight Conference. There's a lot of good football over here, and and that's true. And so I think anytime you're playing in the Big Eight, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, and then anytime you're playing on the road in the Big Eight against a team that's playing well, it's you got your work cut out for you. So we definitely have our work cut out for us Friday night. Roger, head coach Craig Weldy, who is in his fourth year at Aurora, 14 and 24 in those uh, almost four years now. As uh, he a guy that you're well familiar with? Yeah. Um, Great guy, good football coach, um, kind of an old school military type guy. He's, he, he's tough and, uh, he believes in hard nosed football and, and knows how to coach his kids and he, and he's, and he's going to coach his butt off. And I guarantee he's, he's working. You know, I, there's, there's not a night this week that he wasn't at home, you know, taking a look at film and, and trying to get, find ways to break us down and, and, and hurt us and, and stop what we do well. So, uh, they'll be very well coached and, and they'll be physical and they'll play hard and it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, anytime you go against a coach that you respect and you like the, like the way he approaches the game and his kids play hard, it's going to be fun. And that's what's going to be on Friday night. Yeah. You mentioned that is, did you expect uh, coaches from here on out, however long this season goes to, to grab the first half of that McDonald County game and uh, try to figure out what they did against you? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of variables there. One, we, we weren't, I mean, Hats off, Matt County, Mike. I mean that sincerely. They played well, but again, if we if we punch in the opening drive, it's different. And I also think we had a couple other drives where we were moving the ball and we stub our toe in some manner, get a, get get a two yard loss or or you know mishandle a bobble a snap or something, and not quite get things rolling smoothly. But I I think we're better than that, and I, I think that's true. But I think the one thing we might continue to see it'll be interesting to see if we see it in district. Three of our last four opponents have held the ball till to about five seconds on the play clock. And that speaks to the the respect that people have for our offense, in particular our offensive line, our backs. Uh, and so I, I think that would not shock me with, with them being a flex bone team and seeing Seneca have some success limiting our possessions. Matt County limited our possessions. East Newton tried to limit our possessions. Um, so I think that's probably a script that we'll see on Friday night. We'll see them holding the ball to that play clocks down to 10 or less. Um, so we got to make the most of our opportunities because we may not get a ton of drives. Well, we'll finish up on Aurora by talking about your practices this week. Uh, you mentioned earlier, but uh, not quite as focused this week as you would like to have seen or as you saw over the last couple of weeks. But uh, what's been your focus this week getting ready for this game? Well, I'm not overly disappointed. I, I just thought we we lacked a little um, locked in itness, if that's a word. We, we, we just, we just didn't seem to be very locked in from start to finish defensive tonight. I thought last night offense was pretty solid. I, I thought offense is really good tonight. The problem with offense tonight wasn't in our execution or our focus. Our field's a mess. And we're, we're moving around trying to find grassy spots, not the game field, the, mm-hmm. the practice field. And, uh, got irrigation put in and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot better than the concrete slab we've been playing, practicing on the last couple of years. <laughs> But now with the rain we've had and it's, it's, we've kind of wore the grass out in spots. It's, it's pretty sloppy. So our linemen were trying to pull and turn up and they kept slipping and sliding and couldn't get it into the alley. But I think other than that, knowing who to block and run our script and, and run the plays that we want to run, we look pretty sharp. But I think defense just a little bit, little bit off tonight, but it's nothing that can't be locked back in tomorrow and, and I'm sure it will be. 
Final week of the regular season, Friday night at Aurora, as teams again continue to try to jockey for position, those district seeds, and uh, for everybody else in the Big A Conference, except for Aurora and Nevada, they're playing their final either West or Division or West or East Division games this week. Let's take a look at that. We'll actually, take a, take a look, first of all, last week uh, in the West Division, again, Nevada over McDonald County, 14-13, Cassville shutting out East Newton, uh, 42-0, Lamar all over Seneca, 37 to 6. In the East Division, Logan Rogersville at home, they beat Marshfield 28 to 14. Reed Spring, as we mentioned, uh, edged out Aurora 20, I'm sorry, Aurora edged out Reed Spring 22 to 20. And Hollister over uh, Mount Vernon 20 to 13. Well, the season of Mount Vernon has gone south in a hurry over these last few weeks. They got, they must have some personnel issues over there. And the crossover game last week, Springfield Catholic 0 and 3 to begin the year. They're off for a month, and now they've won what two in a row, two or three in a row, three in a row now. Yeah. Uh, they beat uh, Monette 21 to six last week, uh, defeating the Cubs. So it almost makes me think that maybe they didn't have personnel in the first half of their season that they got back after their month off. So the three weeks off anyway. So uh, anyway, they're playing well here towards the end of the season. Big A schedule for this Friday night in the West again. Uh, Nevada and Aurora playing the crossover game. So. In the West, it's McDonald County at Cassville, East Newton at Lamar, and Seneca will be at Monette in the East, Springfield Catholic at Hollister, Logan Rogersville at Reed Spring, and Mount Vernon will be playing at Marshfield. Logan Rogersville played them in week one. They're six and two, four and oh, uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, East Division. And, you know, you know, JJ O'Neill over there, they've, you know, uh, we knew you, you thought they were going to be a pretty impressive team the remainder of the season. I hope that speaks volumes to the way you beat them in week one. I think it does. And, you know, they're a good solid team and they're very explosive. I, I thought in that opening night that we were the more physical team, especially when we needed it. You know, we, we were the goal line stand early in that game. I, I think we were more physical up front and then just our ability to move the ball that night. We we're a little bit more physical, but they, you know, that, that may have been something that they learned from only, you know, going five and one. Mm-hmm. I believe it is since then. Uh, they, they probably learned a little bit from that too, but, um, I think we've had a lot of coaches uh, tell us this year, Mike, you know, we, we talk about how we want to be physical and we want to be hard nosed. We want to play the game the right way. And I've had a lot of coaches the last couple of weeks tell me that we're, if not the most physical, one of the most physical teams they've seen this year. So we want to keep, we want to continue to, to play that way. And um, hopefully we do that on Friday night. And the Big A West Division, Cassville's four and one, Lamar three and one. Lamar does have a win over Cassville. And of course, Lamar missing one game. They had to cancel. Uh, earlier this season for, uh, quarantine. Big eight, uh, athletic directors were supposed to get together today to see, uh, try to figure out how they were going to handle these, uh, football championships in the East and West divisions. I don't, I haven't talked to anybody to know what they come up with. They may not even said anything yet, but it's going to be interesting to see how they figure all this out. Uh, McDonald County now at two and one, uh, Nevada at three and three, Seneca at one and three. Oh, actually Seneca, Monette, and East Student all at one and three. So, uh, as I look at this, uh, Nevada and Cassville, are the only teams that are going to get all their division games in. You already got your six in, and Cassville will this week. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's just it's a bit of a mess. Yeah, <laughs> so, 2020. I don't know. It, there might be some happy people when it yeah. rolls to 2021. Oh, let's yeah. get this uh, year behind us. Count me amongst them. <laughs> well, let's get to the Class 4 District 6 seedings uh, going into the final week of the regular season. Jefferson City Elias. Uh, they'll have a first week by next week. They have no challenger for that number one seed, right number one in class four in the state of Missouri. Uh, they should be thankful that Webb City got bumped to class five. Bolivar, uh, sitting at six and two. They're number two at this point. Uh, and they've got a pretty, pretty healthy advantage over Warrensburg. So it looks like Elias and Bolivar are going to get those, uh, two buys out of class four, district six. 
Warrensburg, a solid third, uh, 44.92 points. That puts um, about five and a half points ahead of Harrisonville, six and two, 39.2 points. Nevada fifth, uh, right now at 34.77, and Marshall is in that sixth spot, uh, well out of it with only 23 points. Okay, so the question goes, here we go. Harrisonville's playing a 7-0 Odessa team this week, uh, defending state champions in Class 3. Um, and, uh, of course, you've got their war game. Is there any possible way, I don't even know if you've even bothered to do the math, the physics, whatever it takes, the algorithms, is there any possible way to catch Harrisonville for that fourth spot? You know, I don't know. I mean, the thing that we were hoping for is um, Harrisonville was supposed to play Oak Grove, who's pretty doggone good, last week. And, it, and a loss in that game would have made obtainable. Um, but instead they played Winnetonka, who apparently doesn't play defense, and won <laughs> Neither one of them did in the first yeah, half. 70 to 41 or 42, <laughs> something like that. Um, it was 56-42 at halftime. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what. Well, we're going to play Harrisonville, so that's probably one of the films we'll get. So I, I don't know. That's going to be crazy to watch. But uh, we're hoping that Oak Grove and Odessa back-to-back would beat them, and if we finish 2-0 on these last two, we'd have a chance to close that gap. With them winning last week, I don't know. The only possibility is is all the people that we have beat win mm-hmm. and the teams we lost to win, which isn't going to happen because we've got some teams that we played playing each other. Um, but our strength of schedule has to go up a little bit. So we need Rogersville to win. We need Hollister to win. We, you know, we need some of those things to happen. And then it, it, we, you don't think about this during the game. You're just calling the game as it goes. But if we have 13 plus points, if we win 26 13 and they lose 28 14 and they get negative 13, we get plus 13 and, and, and our strength of schedule goes up because the teams that we beat are, uh, even the teams we lost to could all win or however that works out. And then your strength of schedule goes up, maybe. But I, I would say it's pretty unlikely. I, we're, we're probably loading the bus and going to Harrisonville. Yeah, I think the pairings are set, as we said. It appears at this point that the pairings are set. And uh, the only question is, where will that four versus five game be uh, between uh, Harrisonville and Nevada? Elias and Bolivar will get the first round buys. Warrensburg will be playing Marshall in Warrensburg in week 10. So, and it's a, it's a remote question at this point, but Harrisonville and Nevada will be playing each other in week 10. Uh, just an outside chance at this point, Nevada trying to get a home game. But as you said, a lot of good things are going to have to happen, uh, on Friday night for that to occur. And that's, and that's where Mike, not, not to beat a dead horse, but just, you know, let, letting that Seneca game get away from us. Mm-hmm. That, that another win there might have closed that gap where if they get beat on Friday night and we win this Friday night, might change. But, there's nothing you can do about that. We got to go out and play well against Aurora. Our goal is I'm not going to sit there and think about 13. Yeah. The only time that would come into play probably if we score late and we're up 11, you you might want to go to two to stretch out to 13. And most most the guys understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and most coaches understand that. You know, I've, I've been on the other side of that before a few times where the other coach is going for it, and you're like, what is he doing? And it's like, oh, he's trying to get to 13 because he's trying to move up. Um, but other than that, we won't think about that. We're going to go out and execute well, try to call a good game on both sides, and, and just get out of a roar with a win, and whatever happens the next week happens. Yeah, that's the first thing that has to happen, certainly, is to get a W at Aurora. Without a W, it's all a mute point. And so that's the big thing. Again, like the McDonald County game, I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game uh, on Friday night. Two programs that are looking to build, and both, you know, after all, they went one and eight a year ago, and after all, or actually one and nine, after all kinds of trouble, over the last couple of years, both these seems to kind of be on a parallel path 
and now you're going to meet each other on Friday night. I think it's going to be a fascinating ball game. It, it, it just amazes me how the teams that we didn't play in the first round of the Big Eight <laughs> are now getting yeah. a lot better. The teams yeah. that we did play have taken a small step, but not a huge step back. They're still pretty good football teams, but but they're not what they were a few years ago. But uh, we're going to get better by playing tough teams in the Big Eight conference. That's almost a given every Friday night, and uh, so we're just going to continue to try to get better, execute at a high level, and whatever happens on Friday nights happens, and we're going to live with the consequences and move forward. All right, we'll look forward to it. We'll look forward to being back with you again next week to talk about the Harrisonville game for the first round of district play. So, first of all, best of luck on Friday night. We'll see you down there at Aurora. All right, thank you, Mike. Tiger head coach Wes Beach, when we come back, it's volleyball on the agenda with head coach Corey Dodson. And, again, that interview occurred before uh, they found out that they'll be playing at Logan Rogersville tomorrow night for their Big 8 crossover in the Big 8 showdown. So that will not be discussed, but we got plenty of other things to talk about with head coach Corey Dodson after this time out on Tiger Talk. When it comes to choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions, trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I'm proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. The Plumbing Shop in Nevada would like to announce that they are your Navian hot water dealer. Navian systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The Plumbing Shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the Plumbing Shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. You're at a place you'd like to write a check, but you know if you do, you'll get grilled. Do you have a driver's license? Do you have a job? A social security number? Why go through that? Use your debit card. It's easier and more convenient than writing a check. The First National Bank, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Now with ATM locations at Murphy's USA next to the Walmart parking lot, Wood Supermarket at 1407 West Austin in Nevada, and the First National Bank on the Nevada Square. Dr. Eric Anderson here from 54Vet Clinic. As veterinarians, we have extensive training in disease and disease outbreaks. At this time, there is no evidence that COVID-19 can be transmitted from humans to animals or vice versa. At 54Vet Clinic, we care about limiting your exposure and want to offer curbside service to you for your pets. Just give us a call when you pull up and let us take care of the rest. That's 54Vet Clinic, 417-667-8381. Hi, it's MyNevadaMo.com again, reminding you we are Nevada's Community Bulletin Board. We post current and upcoming community events, government phone numbers from city to federal, a business directory, a parks and rec page, and school activities. Speaking of school, MyNevadaMo.com would like to congratulate our students and our sports teams. Our Tigers demonstrate the spirit, sportsmanship, and values that make this country great and make Nevada a great place to live. You make us proud on the field and in the classroom. MyNevadaMo.com is rooting for you. Welcome back to Tiger Talk on this Wednesday night. I appreciate you joining us after having talked with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beeser. We're now going to shift gears and move over to volleyball. Where for the second time this fall, we're going to be visiting with uh, first-year head coach Corey Dodson of the Nevada Lady Tiger volleyball program. Corey, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the season. You got postseason play beginning early next week, but, uh, let's, uh, first of all, review your match from last night. That was the most immediate thing you did. 
pick up a nice three-set victory against Cassville last night. Uh, uh, the scores may be a little bit deceiving because uh, the, they weren't as easy as maybe what the scores look like. As both teams played well, you just garnered most of the points. But pretty good night for your Lady Tigers last night. Yeah, I felt like we were in control most of the night. Um, you know, the scores, you know, kind of were back and forth. First set was a close one, but in all regards, you know, we had a pretty solid lead the entire time. Uh, just there at the end, maybe lost our focus a little bit and uh, let them kind of get back into it. But uh, it, was, it was a great win last night. We really took care of business, and that's what we needed to do. What I really enjoyed about uh, calling the match last night was both teams were aggressive at the net. We didn't. We saw some tipping, but not like we had maybe in the first half of the season. There was a lot more swinging taking place and uh, some digging having to be done. And I thought both teams were very aggressive and put on a pretty entertaining match. Yeah, and that's been our focus throughout the season. You know, and the games, looking back in the games that we have lost, you know, to McDonald County and Seneca um, and even Lamar, we just were not aggressive, whether our passing didn't allow that or we were just uh, a little timid up there on the net. Um, you know, we are a great team when we are an attacking team and, um, not many people can touch us. So it was good to see that aggressiveness from the net, um, and the results that came along with it. You thought you were going to be off last weekend, or at least it looked like you were going to be off when the Clinton tournament got uh, canceled, but you were able to pick up a late edition uh, with El Dorado Springs. Uh, how did that go for you last Saturday? Uh, you know, the day started and we came out a little, you know, <laughs> typical Saturday morning. Um, you know, the girls weren't too fired up. So, uh, we honestly, we had two other teams in our pool, uh, College Heights, who was undefeated at that time. And, um, then Springfield Central, who was also a, a good team. So we came out and competed with them, but just didn't have that intensity. So we kind of had a, a good little talk in the locker room after pool play and came out, uh, got, faced up against Bolivar in the bracket play and just played absolutely amazing. Uh, the girls were fired up. The intensity was so much better. We were aggressive. I think all of our hitters uh, were in the positive percentage uh, and high positive. So that was good. And just put together a great overall game. And then uh, got another chance at College Heights again and put them away in two. Uh, you know, we really turned the corner that day and played some great ball and ended up getting second, regardless of starting out a little slow in pool play. We're going to talk more about districts a little bit later on, but in that tournament was Bolivar, and they're in your district in Class 4, District 11, seated higher than you are, and you get a two-sets-to-one win against a 15-win Bolivar team. I guess that's a match when you get ready for districts next week, you can go back to and say, look, this is what happens when we play well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was really hoping that would kind of, that win would kind of put put us above them because, um, you know, whenever we played Bolivar the first time, we still had uh, half our team in quarantine. So, um, you know, obviously that's a difference maker. And I know the first time we played them, uh, one of their Bolivar's main hitters was in quarantine. So, you know, I felt like this was more of a fairly matched um, game. And unfortunately, you know, with with our record the way it is, um, playing the tough opponents that we did play in the beginning of the season. Uh, we didn't get that third seed like we would have wanted. Um, but it's absolutely something I reference back to all the time. You know, girls, look at how we played in that game. Look at the things we did, the intensity we brought. And, you, you know, we need to bring that every single game because we, we know how we can play. We just have to get it, get everybody on the same page and get that going every night. 
Well, speaking of quarantine, you, of course, uh, last time we talked to you, you, were, you had six players who were in quarantine at the beginning of the season. They, didn't, they weren't able to play the first two weeks of the season. And then you started getting them back and back into the flow. So let's kind of look at that point on. Since those players came back, how do you feel things have progressed uh, for your team with a number of new faces in the varsity lineup this year? Yeah, um, you know, and that, that was a tough thing to go through at the beginning of the season, having so many new faces to the varsity, uh, varsity lineup, uh, you know, coming out against Mount Vernon and Bolivar and, uh, other teams at uh, Fort Scott, you know, early on and just not uh, getting to put the the lineup that you've worked on throughout preseason out there, um, you know, kind of set us back a little bit. But then we got them back. But then, you know, once again, we just kept getting hit with some injuries. And, um, you know, we, we started going forward and then we would have a, a little setback and uh, with, a, with a big player, a key player on our team getting injured. But, um, you know, it, it's good to finally have them all back together here and look to make some growth. Well, let's uh, let's kind of uh, look ahead here a little bit. First of all, you're going to be playing a crossover match uh, tomorrow night to uh, wrap up your regular season. And uh, at the time we're doing this interview, we're recording early on Wednesday morning. Uh, the the ladder is going to be released around midday uh, on Wednesday. So we'll update that on Tiger Talk after we do this interview. But at the time you and I are visiting, you don't know who your opponent's going to be on Thursday night. Yeah, you got a, maybe an idea of it, but uh, whoever that is, what will be your yeah, your uh, what your focus will be going into that match will it be more about the opponent, or will it be more about getting things done? You want to get done heading into postseason play next week. Uh, honestly, right now I think our main focus is ourselves. You know, um, obviously we will point out some key points um, in regards to maybe open spots or uh, key hitters to kind of keep an eye on and, and know of, um, but. In all honesty, throughout our entire season, the the losses that we have had, I think, have come from, you know, our mistakes. You know, against Lamar, uh, watching that film, you know, I kind of calculated how many uh, points they actually earned and how many we gave them off of our errors. And, which, you know, that's going to happen sometimes in volleyball, but uh, the our errors definitely outweighed um, their attack. So that's just, you know, like I tell the girls before every game, you know, if we focus on ourselves and do our job, um, everybody out on the court, on the bench, and as coaches, uh, we will be just fine because we are that talented of a team. We just have to um, put it all together. Well, that leads you into uh, postseason play next week. Uh, class 4, District 11, Nevada moving up from Class 3 uh, to Class 4. And, again, that could be a one-year thing. Just it's just the way that things are right now in 2020, with some schools not playing this fall, especially in the in the large metro areas. That kind of shuffles some things around. So probably uh, you're sitting there going, "Wow, great! We don't have to face Pleasant Hill. That's the good news." <laughs> the bad news is, which has always been the nemesis in district play, but now you move into District 11 in Class 4, which includes some pretty heavy hitters. Uh, Carl Junction, 22 wins. Web City, 22 wins. We talked about Bolivar; they've got 15 wins on the year. And only four teams in the district, so really no first round match what we're used to. So how do you when you look at uh, your district tournament? Uh, I guess your message will be your players have to be ready from the first serve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, just when you think you're getting away from Pleasant Hill, you turn around and get matched up against Carl Junction the first round, who's probably having one of their best seasons they've had in a while. But um, and then Webb right behind them. But um, you know, yeah, our focus. 
I mean, honestly, and sometimes in situations like this with a young team, it's it's the best you could have. You know, you go out there and say, look, there's no pressure on us. All the pressure's on them. So uh, we just got to go out and start playing our best ball right now and let them have the pressure on their shoulders and and go and just play and compete. And you never know what's gonna, what could happen uh, just because they've had a, a winning season and we're, you know, right there at 500. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, you know, postseason play. We've seen crazier things happen. So uh, our focus is just going to be going in, taking, doing our jobs and, um, you know, taking it to them. Carl Junction, as we've said, 22-6, and six, uh, at least at this point. I, don't know, I, I haven't looked to see if they play tomorrow night before that match on Monday, but it's a 5 o'clock match on Monday uh, at Webb City High School, by the way, which we'll have on NevadaMoTV.com. But it seems like uh, this is a match where you don't want to get behind early. If you get behind early, you're going to be in big trouble. So, obviously, looks like coming out and playing uh, fast and loose, and uh, as you said, Without, without anything to lose, but at least coming out fast, you got to stay in the match early to at least give a little doubt to Carl Junction. Yeah, and that's something, you know, sometimes we struggle with. We like to give a, a couple points here and there. Um, but then on the re- reverse side, we've had some games where we've come out strong um, and then kind of lost some points, you know, later on. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to have to be focused from the start. Um, not, you know, can't, can't play around with a, a team like that. Um, not going to be able to give away some of the runs that we've given to people, uh, which I thought last night we did a much better job of, you know, turning it back around and, and one, uh, getting the ball back at, after one serve as opposed to letting them kind of get some points. But, um, they're going to be a good team and it's going to be challenging, but I think the girls are up for the challenge and really w- want to make a statement. You, did, you played in the Carl Junction Classic, but you didn't play Carl Junction. Did you get a chance to see them? And uh, if so, uh, what did you see that impressed you about them? Uh, unfortunately, we did not. We were in separate gyms the uh, entire time there. Uh, whenever we got moved to the uh, gold bracket, um, they played their JV before us. So, <laughs> um, I mean, probably wasn't their best play at that point but um just lots of intensity and aggressive at the net very aggressive so we're going to need uh trinity and delaney to and blocking all the way around to to be strong you know last night we we kind of started out slow blocking wise and then uh kind of got on them a bit and they they made it a big focus and blocked with a purpose and and got us some big points off of that so um i'll be excited to see if if our girls will rise to that challenge, um, to that um, competition level that we will see from them and, and put up some big blocks because we'll definitely need a big first line of defense because they are a very aggressive team. Yeah, 5 o'clock on Monday for that first-round district comp- uh, contest against uh, Carl Junction at the Cardinal Dome at Webb City. It's a 5 o'clock start on Monday, and we'll have that on NevadaMoTV.com. The second match, the second semifinal at 7, we'll have Webb City taking on the Bolivar again, Web City team that you didn't see uh, during the course of the regular season. You did see Bolivar. Uh, any any thoughts on that earlier on that match between Web City and Bolivar? Or is Web City too much of an unknown for you to really weigh in on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I, honestly, I think, uh, you know, regardless of records, this, this district is very, um, you know, wide open. And, and re, you know, Bolivar uh, has some some has a good team you know as we as we saw the first time we played them and then the second time uh, as well they got some big hitters I honestly don't know too much about Webb so I can't uh, voice my opinion on that I know they have competed with some some big schools so um, you know I 
don't know exactly what will happen. Um, I would love for us to get a win and Bolivar to get a win and, you know, have a <laughs> underdog um, championship. But, um, you know, I know it'll be tough for, for every team. I know it'll be hard competitions all the way through. Well, you're wrapping up uh, your first season as a, as a head coach uh, for Lady Tiger Volleyball, your first season as a head coach uh, overall as well. So I'm sure you've had uh, some learning, and I can't imagine being a first-year head coach and going through what we've had to go through uh, in 2020 with all the, the COVID issues and everything else. But uh, what have you said, since I don't know if we'll talk to you again uh, uh, on a Tiger Talk, what have you, uh, what have you taken out of, out of your first season as a head coach? Oh, man, I have learned so much um you know just uh it is definitely a, a world difference from um the assistant coach life but luckily i had great examples to to guide me and um still do um that I, between uh coach ashley thorson and uh coach brent bartlett at the basketball level you know um definitely gave me good guidance and uh, i can still call them up and ask for advice and words of encouragement but uh you know in the end, coaching is coaching, you know, so as many added um, tasks that you might have as a head coach and extra decisions you have to make, you know, uh, you know, one thing stays true is you want to um, build a program, you want to, you know, make kids better individuals and better people and, you know, just your heart stays the same throughout it all. And uh, so, you know, I'm just very fortunate to have been given this opportunity and can continue to learn for sure. Um, I, my assistant coaches are, are great, you know, uh, getting coach uh, Morgan Sanderson into our program um, was a great addition and her knowledge of the game is so high, you know, playing at that college level. So I'm still learning from her as well and continuing my learning um, of the game. And she brings that great knowledge, you know, that um, that we need to elevate our play. So I'm very thankful um, for her and Coach Smoot uh, bringing in her experience as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, been a, it's been a crazy ride, like you said, but uh, very fortunate and, uh, you know, excited to, to keep going. And it looks like this fall season is going to get to the finish line. <laughs> so is that going to be a, uh, with the going through all the quarantine issues and, and, and Nevada has fared better than some schools. I, I in fact, I talked to McDonald, uh, Cassville last night, other than Easton, who they played on Monday in the uh, tournament at McDonald County Saturday. They had not played since October 1st. So there's been some who've gone through a worse situation, but you went through it earlier in the year, but it looks like you're, you're going to get to the finish line here. And uh, is that going to be just a big sense of relief? Yeah, it really is because, you know, with all the talk and the hype of, you know, and then just being the first sport to kind of give this a go um, with the whole – with COVID, you know, you just – you didn't know. And then the way we started out, I was like – you know, I was very optimistic at the beginning when uh, – in preseason. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get through this, no doubt. And then we got hit right there from the beginning. I was like, oh, man, I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, but luckily that turned around. And yeah, uh, we haven't, you know, Nevada has been very fortunate, which I am, am very grateful for, you know, after talking to a lot of other coaches who have, have gotten hit hard. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. We just kind of had uh, a rough stand at the beginning that way, you know, here at the end, whenever it matters, we could, we could make our run. Um, but just very grateful to um, continue being able to continue to play. 
Well, Corey, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck tomorrow night against whoever you play. And, again, I'll update that after this segment here on Tiger Talk. We didn't have the information for the interview. Uh, but good luck tomorrow night. And I look forward to seeing you uh, at the district tournament on Monday and hopefully next Wednesday as well at Webb City. So best of luck for however long the season uh, remains. All right. Thank you. That's the Lady Tiger and Volleyball Coach Corey Dodson. We'll come back and uh, we'll wrap things up on tonight's Tiger Talk after this final timeout on Tiger Talk. With warm days coming to an end, think Sutherland's home base of Nevada. With everything you need to get that house and outside area ready for the colder months. From products for your windows, heaters, pipes, and everything in between. Sutherland's will make sure you are prepared for the upcoming months. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Great products, great people, low prices. Twice a year is a minimum. You owe it to yourself. A checkup with Dr. Travis Jackson at Nevada Family Dentistry. New patients are always accepted. Call today for an appointment at 667-3006. Nevada Family Dentistry offers you the highest level of dental care available in a warm, comfortable environment with services for all ages. They are now your local source for dental implants. Open Tuesday, 8.30 to noon and 1 to 5. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8.30 to 1 and 2 to 5. Nevada Family Dentistry, 667-3006 at 402 East Walnut in Nevada. Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment offers repairs and service on many machines they sell. No matter whether you need assistance finding the right part, they can help you. Their motorcycle shop repairs, maintains, and services motorcycles, ATVs, UTVs, scooters, pit bikes, dirt bikes, and go-karts. They do routine oil changes to diagnosing complex electrical issues with years of experience with various major brands from Eldorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, located at 3270 South Highway 32 in Eldorado Springs, Missouri. At Nevada Auto Mall, we've got some great treats to make your Halloween a whole lot more fun this year. Be sure and check out this 2015 Fiat 500 Sport with leather, moonroof, and only 29,800 miles. That's now $10,991 or $172 a month. Or how about this low mileage 2017 Ford Fusion SE with leather, nav, and a moonroof for $19,896 or $309 a month. So come pick out your treat at Nevada Auto Mall, the place where you get your deal. 4.9% 75 months worth of pre-credit. And that'll do it for Tiger Talk tonight. Again, as we talked about earlier, uh, we didn't have the information for the interview we did with Corey Dodson. That was early this morning. Uh, the Big 8 athletic directors got together about midday today to get everything sorted out for the Big 8 showdown for volleyball tomorrow night. They got the ladder ready to go, and uh, the Veda ended up in the fourth spot, and they'll take on Logan Rogersville who's also in the fourth spot in the East Division. Ironically, those two schools, two teams, played for the uh, Big A Championship the last two years. and uh, But uh, this year, both of them in the fourth spot. But they'll meet at Logan Rogersville East. Uh, the East schools are hosting the uh, Big A Showdown. Just a couple of differences there as far as the ladder's concerned because of a couple of different issues. But uh, it was uh, determined that Nevada and Logan Rogersville play tomorrow night at Logan Rogersville. Yeah, it'll be C-Team, var- uh, Junior Varsity, and Varsity. Beginning at 5 o'clock tomorrow at Logan Rogersville. We will not be broadcasting that on NevadaMoTV.com. We will, though, be at the district tournament, Class 4, District 11, on Monday at Webb City at the Cardinal Dome when Nevada opens things up at 5 o'clock against the number one seeded Carl Junction Lady Bulldogs. And as a 5 o'clock first serve, we'll have that for you Monday night on NevadaMoTV at NevadaMoTV.com. Bolivar and Webb City are scheduled to meet at 7 o'clock. The two winners meet in the district championship game next Wednesday. At, again, at Webb City High School. We'll tell you more about that on Monday if needed. But that'll do it for tonight's program. Again, my thanks to Nevada Tiger Football Coach Wes Beecher. He joins us tonight. Nevada at Aurora on Friday night. 
The Tigers take it on the Hound Dogs, and we'll be there for the play-by-play. Pre-game coverage will start at 6.20, kick off at 7. That'll be on AM 1240 KNDM, KNDM, and planning on NevadaMo TV at NevadaMoTV.com as well. Make sure you're with me next Wednesday on Tiger Talk. We'll tell you about uh, district play postseason. There'll be some couple of differences on NevadaMo TV that are mandated now by the Missouri State High School Activities Association once you get into postseason play for video streaming. And we'll get that all outlined for you uh, next week on uh, next week's Tiger Talk program. We'll probably also talk about it during the broadcast this Friday from Aurora as well. So if you, uh, you normally catch the games on NevadaMo TV, you'll definitely want to be listening to that because there are some differences once we get to postseason play that have been put in this year by the Missouri State High School Activities Association. And I'll say three words for you, pay-per-view. And it's not coming from us, all right? So if that intrigues you, we will fill you in on Friday and again next week. That'll do it for this week's program. I hope you are glad you joined us. Look forward to talking to you again next Wednesday night at 6.05. We'll be previewing that district game. It certainly looks like Nevada will be playing Harrisonville in the opening round of uh, district play next Friday night. We'll come back, and come back and break down the Wildcats next week on, of course, talk about their war game as well. My thanks again to Tiger Head football coach Wes Beetzler, Lady Tiger Head volleyball coach Corey Dodson, and my thanks to you for joining us. I'm Mike Harbett. Until we talk to you again next Wednesday night, thanks for joining us for Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by 54 Feed and Seed, 54 Veterinary Clinic, American Family Insurance Agent Jan Tate, Buzz's Barbecue, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, Ferry Funeral Home, First National Bank, MyNevadaMo.com, Nevada Auto Mall, Nevada Family Dentistry, Peerless Products, Smith Insurance Agency, Sutherland's Home Base, The Plumbing Shop, and Thorpe's Appliances. Join us next week at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas, AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada, Double K Country.